Hi and welcome to another episode of Postgrad Space with me Valerie Odiambo. Before we begin this show, I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. We are almost hitting 20. Actually, it's one more episode to 20 episodes of Postgrad Space. And if you haven't had a chance to rate and review this podcast, you are still appreciated and hopefully you can leave your rating after this podcast. On to this week's episode, I speak to Dominic Fwamba who is an entrepreneur and he shares his struggles of entrepreneurship during COVID times. Now, I know that COVID has messed people up, but for some it has been a blessing in disguise. But for those who have felt troubled, they have also learned a few lessons and Dominic is that one person who shares his struggles as well as key learning points that he's gotten during this period and i hope that you can be able to pick one or two things in this conversation have a listen for me i i always like to define myself as an african first mm-hmm. um i'm i'm really 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 proud to be from this continent uh, because yeah. i think that it has got a lot to offer and it's going through a very interesting time of transition yeah. that um i think its challenges are so akin to the continent in terms of how you know the history and the people and identity finding them what it means to be african in this day and, day and age but mm. you know you know apart from that i am a businessman and i am an innovator I am an um a youth leader um so I I am a freelancer as well um mm-hmm. a jack of all trades in 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 many ways I I I run an organization called TCRO it's the first debate organization in Tanzania and yeah. I also freelance as well and I own um a business with my business partner How is it growing up for you your childhood and your best childhood memories Growing up I think you know I grew up in Botswana it was a very different um environment than where I am now in Tanzania where mm. uh, you know it's really conservative here people are very restrained so I think um what I, one of my favorite um memories growing up was just that that um allowance that um the community I was growing in um gave me to be free and to be open and to be um you know as as me as as can be you know but i i grew up in a single parent home and um luckily for me my mom wasn't someone who even attempted to try to show us um the challenges that she was going through as a single mother but mm. you know it, it always it was my normal you know It, it didn't feel like um i've never i only i'm 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 one of those people who always say i never felt any absence right of anything yeah. because that was my normal that was like my complete you know yeah. so yeah pretty much you know that that's that was me at home and a little bit about my background as well it is entrepreneurship something you were thinking of 
doing after campus or you just found yourself wanting to be in that journey? <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, not even at all was I thinking about being an entrepreneur. In fact, I didn't envision my life to to be where, where it is right now. See, um, yeah. I grew up and I wanted to be a lawyer, a human rights lawyer at that. So I was seeing myself like in an international organization, possibly, um, you know, a lawyer, you know, to do my degree, get a job, get a master's. Yeah. You know? And then ironically enough, I haven't even studied and got, gotten a degree. A lot of people don't know this about me. Oh. But I don't have a degree. <laughs> I was thrust into into um, entrepreneurship by circumstance because I felt like the, the the prevailing circumstances in my life at the time um, more more to do with the fact that I could not go to the university that I felt like was would would bring the best out of me and my potential. And I had already had history in my high school where I was already forced into institutions that I felt like didn't really cultivate my potential as an individual, you know? So I was like, I'm not going to go to some higher institution of learning just to get some piece of paper, but then yeah. at the same time, thwart my, 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 my ability and my potential to grow and, and the liberty, you know, to do what I want. So I, I ended up in, 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 into entrepreneurship by circumstance. You know, trying a little bit of this and that, trial and error. Yeah, and it, it's been a long journey, you know, and, and a long, what, seven-year journey now? Mm, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. But how did you find yourself moving from Botswana, where you were born, to a totally different uh, setup? Botswana to Tanzania, totally different. <laughs> A bit of a correction there. I was actually not born in in, in Botswana. Um, ah, okay. Let me just give you some some clarity. So, okay. What, one of the reasons why I, I say I am an African, and, and mm. I'm sure it's going to be quite quite easy for you to see this. You see, my mom and dad, when they met, they were in Lusaka, Zambia. My mom was a nurse working there, and my dad was a diplomat working at the Congolese embassy in um, in in in, in Lusaka. So my dad is from the Democratic Republic of Congo. My mom mm. is Tanzanian, but I was born in Zambia. So I was born in Zambia, raised in Botswana. So you see, for me, and the affinity to one type of geographical location was something that has always been evasive, if not mm. just ambiguous for me, you know? Um, but I think that you know, we, we live in a in a in an Africa that doesn't prioritize other Africans, you know? Yeah. yeah um, that's true. and doesn't give access way for other Africans to make a, you know a life in in a different African country. And I think it's a very sad, sad reality. And I'm saying this mm -hmm. just for relation. I was I you know, I I felt you know, being the, the, the type of creative that I am and the type of individual who was trying to, to in essence, just grow in my personal journey and in my entrepreneurship journey, I thought that there was a lot of institutional barriers for me as a non-Motswana staying in Botswana, you know? 
um, that just limited me from growing my business, you know? So it's one of those things where I, I really did, um, I, I had to leave in, yeah. if I wanted to grow type of mm. thing, you know? Mm. Like, I think if I would have stayed in Botswana, I wouldn't probably have been where I am now, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- you know, when you, when you run a, a business, you yeah. need things like credit. You need things like recognition by the system. You yeah. need um, protection as an as an entrepreneur. And there were just certain protections that I what I was I didn't have access to in Botswana, you know, because yeah. I was not a citizen. So I, you know, the the, the only way to have uh, possibly uh, thwarted that was was to move country, you know, and jump ship. So that's that's the the, the short version how I ended up um, here in Tanzania, you know? I know there are so many challenges that come with entrepreneurship, but COVID has also brought a challenge in itself. How has this situation affected you as an entrepreneur? So one of my biggest challenges as an entrepreneur over the last, um, you know, three, let me say two years, was to establish passive income um you know, methods um, so that I can build my savings, right? Um, mm. You know, because I, I, I've learned the importance of savings, you know. Obviously, you know, as young people, sometimes we are visionaries, but sometimes yeah. we lack, you know, that the skill set to, to solidify our visions, you know, and make mm. this ease of entrepreneurship easier. So we, we sometimes we lack the skill set to understand what how to solidify ourselves as 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 visionaries, you know. Mm, um, yeah. Skill sets I'm, I'm referring to, for instance, just um, having proper savings, having um, you know something that because you know as a, as a, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you're chasing you know an aspect that you're still trying to build or still trying to grow, and sometimes that can be very um how should i say tasking in terms of you know your resources and your finances and all of that you know mm, because yeah. you, you put your all your fire and energy into that but these i i recent i had learned about two years ago that there's nothing wrong with doing that while pursuing yeah. what you're passionate about while still having a total it might be a totally unrelated business to what you're doing but it is easier in terms of passive income you know it can, it could be, you know, having an Uber or something like that. That is going to be bringing you, uh, say, $50 a week or $70 a week, you know. It's mm-hmm. not really a business that you're passionate about or it's not like you're passionate about the transport business. But it's something that you could put your finances in and it yeah. actually adds up. It could build into your savings. It could build into just making your daily life much easier. So in the process of doing that and, you know, trialing and error, um, COVID hit, you know? Yeah. So it caught me totally off guard, I have to be honest, because this was the year where I had a lot of good things. You know, it's like I had a my ducks, you know, stacked in a row. And yeah. it, it was just so unfortunate the way it hit because, you know, I run an event-based um, organization, which really isn't responsible for about half my income. And yeah. 
you know, with, with COVID hitting and there being a ban on public events and social distancing and all of that, yeesh, it was, it was, it was, it was like immediately you were operating on half, you know, um, yeah. of what you are used to. And I, I actually uh, am, am quite fortunate because I at least have a, had a half because I do other things as well that were able to, mm. to bring um, the income in. But yeah, it, it was really tough in terms of, you know, activities and just the nature of our businesses was really, really tested. You, you need to, to understand there are different um, youth who, who work with events, you know, and mm. their, their, their money or their livelihoods is in making sure mm. that there's a congregation of people. Um, so once, if, you, if you're approaching a sponsor or a donor or somebody like that to fund your event, it's the numbers that are going to draw them in, you know? So if you're in an environment where numbers are, are banned, public gatherings are banned, your entire business model comes to, into question and into test, you know? And you could yes. try to move some things online, but even the biggest of the biggest artists today who say do concerts, were, were unable to do concerts online. If they could, they would, you know? So mm. it's like growing pains, you know, in that particular aspect. But it's really, really been challenging. Um, I, I need to be honest with you there. I, I know for employees, they might look at it as being laid off or lacking income or going home with 50% of what they used to get. But did you have to lay people off just to survive? So um, fortunately for me, the model that, I, that we run, um, I, I'm self-employed, you know? So mm. I work with a team of other people who I only subcontract when I, when I, um, when I run events or whatever. So mm. I really don't have anybody on a permanent role pay payroll, you know? So that was the fortunate bit about my business, that it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have people. The, the, per, the only person who is on a constant payroll is myself mm. and at least two, three other people who, are, who have equity in the business. So... Yeah. Um, it, it was like a shared burden of loss, but it was, fortunately for me, I didn't have to lay off anybody because everybody who yeah. we engage comes in as a, as a, as a subcontractor, but definitely yeah. um, the, 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 the reduction in frequency um, of mm. how, how frequent I, I engage these people, it, it did hit, yeah. you know, because you're used to engaging these people in, 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 in different activities, so to speak, you know? So yeah. pretty much, yeah, it came with a little bit of that, definitely, of, of like um, making certain sacrifices about, um, you know, when to engage certain services um, that also in one way or another still rely on you. If I have an event yeah. and I'm going to call a camera guy, right, another youth like me yeah. or a video guy, you understand, or somebody yeah. to sell merchandise or whatever you know at my events that's somebody who's relying on that that business or that event in order for them to to to, to earn a living so mm. yeah it, it, the frequency to through to which i i, I galvanized some businesses became mm. um far less frequent um 
than than usual. What are the lessons that you think you've gotten during this period? Just just after after that, right? I think yeah. um, the first lesson would be to be um, forward thinking, right? Um, yeah. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. You know. I think um, if COVID has shown us anything, is how things can go from zero to 60 very quickly, you know? That's We're living in unprecedented times where, um, you know, we, 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 we in essence just don't, have never seen a world where, like, there's been a total ban on international flights. It's, it's never existed, mm-hmm. you know? So this is something of an apocalypse that we just never thought was possible, you know, but it happened. So that's one. As a a business person, it's taught me to be forward thinking, prepare for the, hope for the best and make actual plans to prepare for the worst so that you at least have a cushion, you know. Third, secondly, I think it's, 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 it's taught me who my friends are, you know. Um, and okay. how valuable I am to certain businesses and certain people. I'm 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 re- reconsidering a lot of relationships, as in business relationships, as I move uh, beyond here because I have yeah. come I've actually come to know which businesses or which partners I am valuable to, because um, there are certain businesses that were not necessarily affected into, affected in terms of their bottom line. But yeah. the way that they, 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 they pushed and made excuses for payment and all of that stuff spoke to the way that they value me, you know, as a business or as an individual. Um, and that made it, I'm certainly um, now looking at more of value proposition or value-based business interactions versus just businesses in the sense of business. I know... Um, that almost comes across as like a luxury. But I think that you stand a better chance to get continuous business from people who truly value the work that you do and your brand and and generally, you know, what you do um, than people who are just there for the sake of being there, you know, or because you are available or you are the the easiest one um, in the bunch. For someone who wants to get into entrepreneurship right now, because maybe they've lost their job or things have not happened as they wanted, what advice would you give them? So one of the, one of the biggest um, things about, uh, about uh, you will meet, or I have actually interacted with so many young people, um, one of the biggest comments that I always get from young people is they, they're waiting for things to be like this and like that, yeah. you know? So, you know, yeah. if, if like I can get my savings to like, you know, $7,000, you know, or like $2,000, <laughs> like, or... So that's one of the things that I, I always get from people who are trying to venture, venture into, into um, entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. Firstly, there's no perfect time, Yeah entrepreneurship is not swimming at the shallow end of the pool. It's being um, 
skill, um, it's lacking the skill to swim and being thrown at the deep end. That's exactly what entrepreneurship is. And you need to swim, you know? Because yeah. um, what you then come to discover when you enter the, 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 the business is that, that, you, that you will be facing challenges. Because trust me, even people who have, who make like a million dollars, right? Um, yeah. Still face challenges at that level. So if you're trying to enter a business or in a, a field where there are no challenges and no hurdles, um, you're, you're in the wrong place, right? Because entrepreneurship, more than anything, is about problem solving. Yeah. It's problem solving. That's basically what entrepreneurship is. So if you're waiting for there not to be a problem to be an entrepreneur, then maybe you should think long and hard about whether you actually want to be an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. Um, secondly, which, which I suppose will sound a little bit philosophical but um, and may, maybe even vague, mm-hmm. but you just need to be brave. Yeah? yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is for the brave. So you need to decide to be brave because mm. bravery is not going to come to you like a, a, an anointing from heaven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's something that you deliberately need to work at and, you know, push. Because without, um, you need to be your own biggest fan. I always say, as an entrepreneur, you are, your, you are the president of your fan club, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's nice, president of your fan club. Exactly. You're literally <laughs> that person. And for you to do that, you need to be brave, you know, for you mm. to constantly remind yourself. Because th- there, there are points where you will reach, where, where you will feel like it's the pits, you know. You are right at the bottom of the pit. But it's about finding your way out of that pit that will really then test your ability. Um, I, I revel and I thank God actually for all the the, the 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 challenges because they've really you know built a skill set to solve problems, maybe to also not view problems as much of a stumbling block as I thought they were when I was yeah. starting. And then thirdly, which maybe should have been my first thing, um, put God at the center. Yeah. Put God at the center of what you're doing. I think sometimes um, with, with the entrepreneurship journey, we, 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 I think that sometimes we tend to give ourselves credit too much um, mm-hmm. when sometimes, to be honest, things just work too perfectly for us to, or things just fall in, 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 into place too perfectly when we're trying to hurdle certain challenges that it can't just all be skill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you're if you're somebody with a with a belief system, um, you know whether it's God or whatever. But for me, it's God. You know, I'm not. I am not. I haven't survived this period and gone through this period. If if he was right, not at the center of being there when I need him. You know, so yeah. really putting God at the center. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. What I'd love you to do is 
to pick out what stood out for you in today's conversation and tag me at postgradspace on Instagram or pgradspace on Twitter. I am so grateful for you being a dedicated listener and I hope that you can share this message with your friends and your loved ones. Don't forget to subscribe as well and to rate and to review this podcast. Till next time, ciao!